what's going on guys welcome back to another episode of coffee and van chats last week i did not upload an episode i took some time to myself i was traveling home from colorado i actually did a crit and raced a little bit of track and then literally packed up and drove to colorado in less than 22 hours it was insane how fast I got here and I even got my first vaccine shot. So uh, I felt kind of like crap last week, so I didn't really have time to post a uh, episode. But anyways, you guys should be really excited about this episode because we chat with one of the guys from the ODA program podcast in the previous episodes, and that is Jesse Anthony. We sit down with Jesse Anthony. Jesse Anthony is now the cyclocross manager of USA Cycling. And uh, we talk about the ODA, we talk about life, we talk a little bit about stories and just pretty much anything and everything. So please sit back and relax and enjoy this episode. And also, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out our new coffee and van chat mugs and our new coffee and van chat socks. You can do that in the link in the description below. Um, and yeah, if you use code coffee chat uh, at checkout, you get $5 off your order. So. Go on, head over to junkroomcycling.com and uh, order yourself some today. This episode is brought to you by Spot. Spot is a zero deductible accident injury insurance for active people. Guys, you've heard me talk about this over and over and over again. And if you haven't already signed up, I don't know what you're doing. So go to croom.getspot.com to sign up for your accident insurance now, and you'll be covered up to $20,000 per injury as long as you have it. So that means if you got injured three times within the year, that means you would have had $60,000 worth of coverage. What are you waiting for? There's zero deductible, so go to croom.getspot.com. That's croom.getspot.com. And uh, yeah, get your quote today. This episode is brought to you by Twisted Spoke Apothecary. Twisted Spoke serves some of the best CBD that pretty much this country has to offer. And it's made by cyclists. They even make cold brew with CBD in it and kombucha with CBD in it. So go check them out at twistedspokeapothecary.com. That's twistedspokeapothecary.com. Or if you're in Colorado Springs, Colorado, all you have to do is go to Garden of the Gods Road and check them out. Yeah, they, they have bike parts. They have all kinds of cool, crazy things in there. And they even have CBD for your little furry friends. So be sure to check them out at twistedspokeapothecary.com. This episode is brought to you by Bike Hardcore. I am tired of seeing you guys show up with dirty bikes. And Bike Hardcore can help you out with that by using their whip wipe and their chain degreaser as well as finishing it off with the chain butter. But I'm also tired of you guys just pretty much smelling bad. And you can use their new product, which is Swexy Clean, which you can spray on shoes, boots, gloves, whatever. And so, yes, that goes for you skiers as well. You can spray this on sweaty gear. You can wash your clothes in it and it eliminates that sweat smell. And so you won't be smelling all bad and whatever else. But anyways, if you wanna go check it out, go to www.bikehardcore.com and use code CROOM at checkout to get 10% off your order. And that is CROOM, C-R-O-O-M at www.bikehardcore.com. This episode is brought to you by Chamois Butter. Guys, if you haven't already and you've been riding a bike without chamois cream, I do not know what you're doing. It's honestly what helps me get through these super long rides, like this race this past weekend where I'm just pretty much pegged on the nose of the saddle for the entire race. I am a huge fan of the Euro-style chamois butter. So all you have to do is go check them out at chamoisbutter.com. That's chamoisbutter.com. Or you can shoot me an, uh, an email at info at John Croom Cycling, and I'll 
even send you out a sample pack so you can try it for yourself. And I promise you, it's something that you'll never ride without again. So check them out at chamoisbutter.com or shoot me an email at info at johncroomcycling.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting here with Jesse Anthony, pro cycle cross rider, pro cyclist, and uh, now working for USA Cycling and uh, in the cycle cross department. Like, what's, what's your actual job title over at USA Cycling? Uh, officially I'm the cyclocross manager, cyclocross, which is actually appropriate because everything in cyclocross I manage. Right on, right on. So, so what does that look like, especially this year with, uh, with, with COVID and all the craziness? Cause they kept the riders that were in Europe, right. To, to race. Yeah. So, um, I was actually brought back on to, I was furloughed this summer and then brought back on to staff uh, by one of our uh, mud fund owners. The mud fund is the uh, foundation arm for specifically for cyclocross. And one of our generous donors was like, it's not okay for these athletes to not have support when they're trying yeah. to go to Europe and everything. So he, uh, they brought me back on and I was able to help uh, everyone who went to Europe get over there. And that was just navigating a lot of paperwork uh, I told someone recently, I am well-versed in jumping hoops. So if anyone yeah. knows how to, how to hoop jump, I can fill them in. Uh, you know, the COVID protocols were changing every week in Europe and, and travel restrictions and race stuff. It was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's wild in its own right. And we'll kind of dive into what it was like to be over there for that race. But I kind of want to get to know you, man. Like I, I grew up watching you on Optum. Um, you know, huge fan of, of those guys. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to ride with like Eric Young, you know, part of the team pursuit program. I looked up to Brad Huff. I looked up to all you guys. You guys just look like one big family, Phil Guyman, all those guys. Um, so where, where do you start and where does, you know, where does that career for you look in cycling? Like where did that all start and get, get going? Gosh, it started a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I'm testing your age. I was, I'm testing yeah. your age. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was 12 when I started racing. I started in mountain bikes. I quickly transitioned to mountain bikes and cyclocross and then mountain cyclocross and road. So most of my teenage years, I, I raced all three disciplines, uh, continued cyclocross and road up until I was, uh, gosh, 25, I think is when I took to the road full time. So I, I turned pro in the road in 2006 with Kodak gallery, Sierra Nevada. I was actually too young to drink beer, uh, oh, right on. but I was still sponsored by the beer team. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that was a fun team to be on too. Um, went to team type one in 2008 and nine, and then joined Kelly benefit benefit strategies, which turned into Optum, which turned into rally. So I was on that team for nine years from 2010 until, uh, through to, through 2018 yeah the long the longevity of that team is pretty insane i mean it just seems like yeah they started better. in 2007 yeah as a as a pretty ragtag bunch yeah um but it was cool they it was i think i've always been impressed with how they started from scratch and just built it one step at a time and i think i think that's a really impressive and successful model in cycling to have a team that's that's been going for that long and you know, I think we can all learn from that. I, I definitely take the the lessons I learned from being under that management of Charles Aaron, uh, the owner, and Jonas Carney, who was the, the head director for the entire time I was there and still is. Uh, but they just built the team 
one step at a time. And I think that's really important. We've seen flash in the pans in, in cycling in, in so many different ways, uh, whether it's athletes or sponsors. And, and I think, you know, this long, the longevity mindset, that's something I try to instill in the cyclocross athletes is we, we tell them all the time. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's not about like, yeah, we're trying to win now. We're trying to do our best now. Uh, but ultimately we're always thinking big picture. For sure. For sure. And it, what's, what's crazy about the, the, you know, that whole rally team is like, you know, usually in cycling, you, you're, you're warned pretty early on. If it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true, but it seemed like with rally, they had that nailed. Like they, they never, they never fed bullshit. And it just seems like they actually put their money where their mouth is. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I agree. I think the team was built on the foundation of, of strong character and integrity and the first uh, title sponsor, John Kelly of Kelly benefit strategies. He was really big in, you know, people living with integrity and having strong character. And that's, how and why he started the team and it just evolved from that but it's always had that at the core that um and the team owner charles like i've seen a lot of stuff in cycling i've been in the sport for a while and i gotta give him a lot of credit for he did everything he said he was gonna do um he never made any empty promises uh if he you know if he would he was not afraid to tell us no or to give us bad news if it if it was the truth yeah and i always appreciated that yeah no, yeah, that's awesome. And so, and so now, you know, you've moved on from, from pretty much professional racing. Like, are you still riding? Do you ride at all? I don't ride that much. I you rode on Monday when we were supposed to have a podcast. <laughs> you did ride. <laughs> so, yeah. You're killing me. I did. It was 50, it was over 50 degrees. It's uh, warm enough for me to go outside. Right on. Yes. Um, I had a lot of health issues, which is why I actually stopped racing and I haven't fully recovered. So I still like to ride when the weather's nice, but I don't usually feel very good when I exercise. So would you mind, would you mind, would you mind talking about some of those health issues or is it a little bit personal or what? Yeah, no, I had Epstein bar. So I got mono for the second time, um, in 2018 and that's why I quit racing. But at the same time I had some stomach issues and I have a bit of a, um, my liver isn't functioning great. So, Mm. Uh, I just feel tired a lot. And, um, it, I think a little bit of it is built up chronic fatigue from racing for so long. I think yeah. the last few years of my career, I was kind of hanging on and really relying on my experience to get through races. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting. I, you know, I've, I've continued to, to figure out how to feel better and, um, changing diet stuff and, and some things like that. So we're making progress, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something that's, um, you know, there's a lot of different factors, as you know, that go into being successful in this sport. And, you know, in my opinion, I was successful and in, in, or I don't know if I was successful, but I, you know, I think I did well in my career. Yeah. Uh, I didn't achieve what I set out to achieve. So by that definition, I might not have been successful. <laughs> I don't know about but, that. Like what, what, what necessarily what necessarily was your goal? Like what, like summed up in like a couple words. I wanted to win, win a world championship or win the tour de France. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I was a kid, man. When I started, I didn't know what was what. Yeah. But that was all, you know, I I dream big and, and you know, it's not to get too off track, but when people ask me, you know, what would you tell your younger self or what do I tell the young athletes? It's like, I wouldn't tell my younger self anything. 
I would yeah, just wow. be like, because what? Like you have to learn your lessons. You have to have that that blind hope when you're young. Otherwise, you're never going to invest as much. I don't care what you accomplish when you come out of this. Like maybe Matthew Vanderpool is like happy with what he's accomplished, but I think most people will finish their sports careers. And, and this probably translates to business life and stuff too, but you, you finish and you're like, maybe I, I bet very few people accomplish exactly what they set out to. Like if yeah. you were trying to win the tour de France and you won it cool, but you didn't win it twice. Or if you won it four times, you didn't win it five, you know, like what is enough? Um, you know, enough is everyone up to everyone's judgment. But I always think about that. Like, I'm glad I didn't know that I was going to have the career I did because I probably wouldn't have pursued it, but I'm glad yeah. I did it. I don't regret a day that, you know, I spent pursuing my dreams and pursuing my goals. But at the end I looked back and I was like, well, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Cause that was going to lead me into my, kind of my next question was like, you know, what would you tell your younger self in theory a little bit? But, um, but now that I have that answer, it's like, uh, kind of, kind of leads into my next question of like, you know, it, you know, the matter of like regretting things, but at the same time, like, do you wish you could have gone back and done something different or like with your health or, you know, training? Cause like, you know, we hear, dude, I, I went down a deep, dark rabbit hole of, of training and you know how it is like with diets and whatever else, you know, you're drinking soda water before bed and you do a five hour ride and that's all you eat. And like, it's bad. It can get nasty. So like, mm -hmm. do you think you would do anything different in that sense? Or is it like, Hey, I learned from that. No, same answer. Like, <clears throat> you know what, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the risks and you gotta try what you think about trying at the point at that point. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I don't even know if I went back with what I know now. I don't know if I could have done anything differently. Yeah. Like my career took a big turn when I, I got mono the first time in 2009. I was riding for team type one. In 2008, I was injured basically half twice. I broke my wrist in July. Before that, I had tendonitis in the spring. So I had a pretty short season. The team took me back in 2009 and I was like, all right, I'm back. I'm healthy. I'm going to, you know, light the world on fire. I showed up to training camp in February, just crushing it, you know, yeah. super, super rookie move. I was 24 and, uh, I wasn't a rookie anymore, so I might not have that excuse, <laughs> but, uh, we went to, uh, I didn't make the tour of California team, which was always chosen at, at training camp back then. Cause the tour was in yeah. February. So I, I went to Asia, I did the, um, Singapore crit. We went to Malaysia and then did the tour of Taiwan and I got really sick after the tour of Taiwan. I won the KOM Jersey there. Wow. Uh, got really sick afterward and had mono that year. So basically that took me out the entire season of 2009. And looking back, I was like, man, I, my U23 years thinking about who I was racing against and you know, what was going on in the sport back then. And then like the results I got, I was like, wow, that's actually, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> it's pretty cool. What I could, yeah. what I, did when I was younger, it was kind of masked by a few different things and, and things were a lot different in the, in the development structure and, and, and in the sport overall back then. But, um, you know, moving on, I just, I never, I, that progression kind of stopped after I got really sick that first time. Yeah. Well, and, and so, you know, you might not tell yourself something different, but would you like, 
you know, juniors or youth, like, you know, especially like battling an injury, you know, we've had Ellen Noble on the podcast who has dealt with her fair share of sickness. Um, like mentally, like, what do you, how, how, how do you go about that? Did you handle it? Well, do you feel like you handled it well? Or, uh, cause I mean, I've broken a collarbone and I thought I've always thought I would handle it. Well, I did not handle it well. Like, mm. you know, my diet went off the rails. Like I just tried to get on the bike too soon. There's so many things that I just didn't handle well. I just thought, Oh yeah, it's, it's 12 weeks. I can get over it. Mm-hmm. 12 weeks, long time. So yeah. is there, you got any advice there? Like, I mean, for the youth that are listening to this podcast that are thinking like, or that might be injured, you know? Yeah. Well, you definitely have to think big picture and it's important to, to take care of your body. You're asking your body to do a lot and yeah. I don't care if it's a broken collarbone or, you know, a sprained ankle or whatever, like those things all matter and they all add up. Uh, our whole bodies are connected and um, yeah, it's important to take care of yourself. I, I just, it's so important to think big picture when you're 17 or 22 or even 30, it's sometimes hard to be patient. Um, but with injuries and stuff, you really do have to be, have to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now moving on, you know, I mean, I guess that was somewhat uplifting and somewhat sad all at the same time talking about sickness, but what are you doing now, man? I, uh, you know, I didn't really know who you were, but, uh, I have a buddy in town, Dan Crespo, who pretty much one day quit cycling, like just done. Like, yeah, pretty much done. I didn't want to say he just quit. Like, he's just like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Has a dirt bike. And he's like, yeah, man, I go out with Jesse Anthony and we just shred dirt bikes all day. And then I heard, um, you know, cause I have a buddy here in town who also takes photos. Tristan said he was out there and you guys are just ripping it. Like you, Luke Keogh. So tell me a little bit about that, how that, how you got all into that. And yeah, where does that stem from? I, yeah, that's funny. I actually wanted to ride dirt bikes since I be, since before I wanted to ride bicycles when I was a little kid. I thought they were the coolest thing, um, but that wasn't in the cards for me. So we, yeah. my brother and I went to bike bicycles, and um, I had a dirt bike when I was what, like twenty seven or something? No, mm-hmm. twenty three. And uh, probably not the best idea when you're racing bikes full time to for sure get into a sport like that. So, uh, a, a really wise mentor of mine told me, wait till you retire and then you can ride all the dirt bikes you want. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So as soon as I retired, got a dirt bike and I absolutely love it. It's something I wanted to do my whole life. I follow the sport. I watch all the races. Um, I'm kind of a super fan in a, in that, in the, in the dirt bike world. So yeah. Uh, Danny Pate, who I was teammates with on rally the last yeah, yeah. year or two, um, he's ride, he's ridden for a long time. So he helped me. He's kind of helps. He's like the, I don't know, like he's like the local dirt bike coach. He helps everyone get into it, find the right equipment. Like I heard he's like insanely good too. Oh, he's like, really good. Like he's if so you think good. he's good on a bike, like he's, it's that, it's that like his handling is insane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically a trials rider. That's insane. Um, so if you guys done like captain Jackson, if you guys don't know what captain Jackson is here, it's a, it's like a local downhill trail, I guess, here in Colorado Springs. It's kind of got a little bit of fun for everyone, but motorcyclists and and and, and motocross guys ride up it and yeah. they haul ass. Yeah. And so have you been doing that? Captain Jack's is the easiest trail we ride. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Danny takes us on this stuff that's like it's pretty ridiculous. But I've also traveled around Colorado now and I've gone up to Crested Butte and okay. uh 
Salida, uh, Taylor Park, uh, all these different places. And I haven't found anything as hard as Danny takes us on around here. Jeez. So all right. Well, remind me never to go with you guys when I'm trying to learn. No, you'll, you'll get out there. We'll bring you. Oh, Daniel will be like, oh, no, you'll be fine. Just... Just come with me. And, Those are the famous last words, man. Like, totally. We all know better than that. That's the, that's like yeah. when you're going out on a ride and it's like, it's only three hours and it's like a gorgeous day and you're like, only three, right? I'm only supposed to do two. I can I can suffer one more, but only two. And then six hours later, you know you're home. Yeah, um, but it is super fun. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love that you can, just like cycling, you can go see a lot. Like you can go really far. Yeah. Um, having the throttle is, is really great. Like, especially after huffing and puffing for so many miles during my sure. life it's it's not easy at all though that especially on the hard trails we do like we get back from moving that bike around and i am destroyed like yeah. legs arms i mean you're basically doing a power squat like a semi squat for the entire time you're riding because you have to stand up so much and then moving the thing around the yeah, moving around and, and wrestling it and then of course i crash all the time not like cr i fall over all the time yeah, so yeah. Pick, picking the 200 pound bike up doing a bunch of deadlifts jeez it's it's tough but no it's so much fun and i've seen a lot and and it's a great way to you know get out with the crew and it is funny that we basically ride with the whole like it could be a cycling group ride but it's 100 dirt bike ride 100 yeah it's a bunch of guys who i mean I wouldn't say Kia is necessarily retired, but like a lot of guys are, you know, done with their cycling life and on to more fun things, I guess, yeah. something different. Yeah. So no, that's super sick. Um, yeah. so yeah, man, let's, uh, let's chat about worlds. That was, I mean, <laughs> you guys had a pretty epic, epic showing. I mean, like, uh, is it Clara in fourth? And I mean, Curtis White top, was it top 25, maybe top 20th. 20. Yeah. Top yeah. Top 20th, 20. I think. Yeah. And so, future cyclocross for americans i mean back in the day like top 20 was like uh exciting you know so yeah. like it seems like these guys and girls are just getting it easier and easier and easier so what do you think the future is for american cyclocross right now i mean worlds is coming here i mean yeah what do you think <clears throat> if i have anything to say about it it's gonna be good <laughs> yeah 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 for sure i mean you might be a little bit biased but but yeah oh, like i'm a, i'm totally biased um you know the sport is doing really well here as far as where we're positioned in the racing environment. We have a good national calendar of high level races. Uh, we have good, good local scenes kind of in a bunch of different places in the country. So it's, there's a lot of places for people to enter the sport and to participate. And that's really cool. Uh, and you know, someone like, like Clara comes out of Portland, which is a huge cyclocross area. Um, and actually she was telling me that she, kind of got inspired early on by Jade Wilcoxon, who was on uh, Optum and was, you know, road race national champion. She raced a little cyclocross as well, but Jade was a legend. You know, she came yeah. in the sport for just a few years and had a huge impact. She was a really cool teammate. Um, so to, to see that, like to work with someone now to mentor an athlete who got into it because of seeing one of my teammates, like a few years ago, that was, that's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think the sport's positioned really well. We have a lot of really good, talented riders, you know, coming up through the pipeline. I think uh, cyclocross is still really fun. It's a good mix between mountain bikers and road riders and even track cyclists. Um, I, I'd point out people that the the um, Olympic long team, has, 10 out of the 34 Olympic long team members this year have pretty extensive backgrounds in cyclocross. 
including really? Corinne Rivera, Lily Williams. Emma White, Lily, Alex Howes, TJ Van Garderen. Like, there's a lot of these riders that that are, uh, come like Hannah Finchamp. They have participated in a lot of cyclocross in the past. Well, I had no idea. Um, I mean, I remember, I remember when Corinne was like, she must have been 12 or 13 years old. Um, but uh, she, you know, she was out in Providence, Rhode Island, running around in the Cat Three women. I don't even think they had a, a junior women's race for for you know like under 17 year olds. So she yeah. was in the Cat Three race, uh, but she she just destroyed everyone. You know, yeah. it's like this. A friend of mine was like, "Dude, you got to check out this this girl. She's from Southern California. She's going to crush everybody." And sure enough, she just rides away from everybody. And you're like, "Who wow. is this person?" So, yeah. Anyway. Cyclocross is it's got a good position in in the sport of cycling and um with the support of the mud fund which is really growing we're gaining a lot of support there uh, financially mm-hmm. that's been one of the biggest challenges for having successful athletes in cyclocross is, is the the support system to get them from you know racing in the u.s uh which has a pretty decent scene to make that step to race in europe uh when you know, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but wouldn't you say that like pretty much every discipline has that issue right now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. And um, it's, it's impressive. So where does the mud fund start? Like, where did that come from? Are, Tim, the, are the donors anonymous or like the guy who started it anonymous or? Well, Tim Johnson and a friend of his started it, uh, years ago to help get some athletes, I think some support, some support to get to Europe for the world yeah. championships one year. Um, I don't know the full backstory there, but they started it just like a, a fun little project. And then uh, a few years ago, it was kind of dormant for a while. And then a few years ago, Tim brought it into USA Cycling and said, let's uh, let's support the USA Cycling Cyclocross program. And, you know, just it helps combine resources. It, it or provides, you know, funding for us to provide provide resources for the greater cyclocross, you know, right you know the um riders in the u.s the development riders yeah so you know athlete like clara and maddie monroe like they came through the mud fund program just in you know one little over one year uh but that's exactly like their stories are exactly what the mud fund is for where we supported them to race in europe and and a few other opportunities and then they got on uh pro teams and they're kind of on their way you know maddie's on trek factory racing and that's obviously somewhat a mountain bike or a half mountain bike deal too so uh the mountain bike program was involved in helping her out as well uh and clara went from you know the selwood cycles uh team snm in oregon which is a you know a good regional team got her to all the races in in the u.s that she needed to but they didn't have the ability to get her to europe so we took her to europe last year for six or seven weeks or, you know, two years ago, got her the experience over there. She did really well. And then, you know, obviously she won the national championship that was with her trade team. Uh, and that was, you know, it's a pretty big result for her rider, you know, first, first year senior. Um, but those stories, like that's exactly what we need to do is we need to get those athletes, like in the past, there hasn't been really a stepping stone from, you know, a decent, us team that gets them to enough races that they can go get some good experience at the uci level here uh and then actually go to europe with proper support to do it right and that's that's the thing cyclocross once you get up to the high level of cyclocross it is 
really support intensive. It's, you know, you have to have really good equipment. You have to have people managing it. You have to have this, you know, really strong support system to, to have a chance to do it right in Europe. Uh, For sure. Cause you're essentially just trashing bikes. Yeah. And yeah. then pretty much going in laps, trashing yeah. the bike over and over yeah. and over again and weekend to weekend. And adjusting <clears> tire <throat> pressure. And there's just so many little things that go into the team aspect of, of supporting a rider over there that you really need to have good experienced people who know what they're doing. Um, and that's where we can come in and provide that experience, provide that support and make sure that the only thing that Clara or Maddie or Andrew Stromeyer or Gage Hecht have to worry about is like the racing part which is already already hard enough it's very hard yeah yeah i mean coming from a guy who's been to world cups and just on the track side of things so i I Mm -hmm. definitely understand um so like that being said i mean you know you talk about the mud fund and it kind of reminds me of the oda i mean in its own weird way and yeah i mean there's a bit of a, you know, uh, a tuition or whatever you would like to say. And I've even already said this. I don't like the word scholarship. I, I think because scholarship sounds like it's based on results and not based on what it's set out to be. I think I like the word grant mm. more like it's, it's meant for the kid in need. And I've been arguing that on the, the internet. I've been like the internet warrior for the ODA after our, we did our podcast. I was highly against it after our podcast. And now I'm, I'm in the middle. I still got to see it be implemented. But it changed my opinion completely. Like, um, yeah. but this kind of sounds like the mud fund in its own right. Like, I mean, three years ago, I would never have put money on Clara to get fourth at Worlds in 2021. It's almost like I would have won a lot of money if I would have done that and if I would have put money into Bitcoin like three years ago, right? Um, but yeah, it kind of sounds like that where it's like, you guys like see this talent because of your experience. Like I'm literally listening to this and it almost makes me want to duplicate like five of you because we need a Jesse Anthony at BMX. We need a Jesse Anthony at track. We need a Jesse Anthony at mountain bike. We need a Jesse Anthony on the road and we have you at cycle cross, you know? And so where I wonder, well, we have us, we have me every, well, maybe not everywhere. Now we're, we're, down a few staff after COVID. because of the furlough right well covid's covid's been hard for us as an organization <laughs> for sure but normally there's been a mountain bike director uh we have a track coach right now you know he does have a world champion team there well yeah but i, I mean i'm a part of the track program <laughs> yeah so, but but the, so he was never like so i never had the pleasure of working with gary yeah. um he was the women's coach but like you're expecting gary to coach the women world championship level team and then prep three guys to get ready for the long list, you know, yeah. like that's, that's heavy. That's intensive, especially from a team pursuit perspective where everything's arrow, everything's, you know, in line, everything's meticulous. Like you're not, you're not just saying, Hey, go out and race. Like you have to line them up a certain way, Yeah, you know, yeah. and then you're dealing with injuries and whatever else. And so, um, I guess more or less like the mud fund sounds like an amazing, an amazing thing. Well, the, and you got to remember the mud fund is, is just a, um, it's just a, uh, wow. What's the word? It's just a part, excuse me. I'm drawing a blank, but it's just a part of the USA cycling foundation. Yeah. So the mud fund raise is, is a fundraising arm and it, for sure. it's a, you know, it, it, a group of 
main donors contribute to the mud fund. Then we do fundraisers where the community gets involved and, and our community support is amazing. Yeah. Every time we do a mud uh, fundraiser for the mud fund, we did one around worlds this year. We did one late December. We did one around worlds last year. People step up. It's amazing to see the support that comes into these programs because they get it. And it, money, like we might hate it, but money is really important. No, for <laughs> and it, sure. Like, and this I, sport is expensive and almost everything comes down to, to, to money and funding. Like yeah, if you gave me $2 million, I could show you something really impressive in like five years. For sure. And we would all say that, right? Like we would all want $2 million. And that's, that's where I think it's so funny with this whole ODA thing where it's like, well, they should just get sponsors. And it's like, well, what, what the fuck do you think they do? They just fall out of the sky? Like, yeah, if I could get 50 grand sponsorship just because it's that easy, I'd do it. I'd pay for all those kids to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and so. Well, and this is the thing is like, we do have amazing donors. We have a yeah. whole list of foundation donors and the mud fund, like I said, it's just one part of it. There's the whole foundation that, that supports all the other or all sports, including yeah. cyclocross a little bit. Uh, and then we have the money from the Olympic, uh, the Olympic committee, which, you know, is obviously uh, substantial as well, but I, it's interesting in these conversations, I think about our foundation donors and I wonder what they think. And I hope they don't see most of the conversations because I think they're incredibly underappreciated without, sure. our, without our foundation donors. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I can disclose and can't, I don't want to say something I shouldn't, but for sure they make the world go round for, for us, for, for sure. you and me and, and everyone at, in, in this, you know, that are trying to perform in cycling for sure. And I mean, it's like, I mean, I've, I've dealt with my fair share of the internet where it's like, and you know, it's like I said on the podcast last time with Rob, it's just like, dude, don't open. Oh, don't open the internet. Like it doesn't matter. Like he could take 50 grand out of his paycheck and just divvy it up. And they would still be like, Oh, he makes so much money that he can even do that. And he can donate. Like that's, he makes too much money. And like, that's an argument. But at the same time, like to me, it's like, well, he did just donate. And like, so that means he's bought in and that means he actually agrees with the program too. And so there's, there's so many things that, um, that I wonder. And so like thinking about the ODA, it's like, you almost have me fired up to start, like, I don't know, call it the wood fund, you know, it's a track. I'm, yeah. I don't know. Think of something cool. I think mud fund sounds super cool. So calling yeah. it the track fund's not as fun, but, uh, but anyways, like I said, before we got off into a tangent, it sounds like the ODA and in its own weird way. And um, <clears throat> the cool thing, and, 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 you know, I guess I more or less like, what do you see coming out of the ODA? Like, do you actually, do you actually see it working? Like a lot of people think it's going to fail. Oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah. It, no, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I can tell you that from, from the cyclocross, from the mud fund, you know, again, the mud fund just funds our cyclocross program. For sure. Uh, we kind of mix the names around a lot, but from what, what I've seen, you know, we had funding infused into the mud, into the cyclocross program. We have Clara fourth at worlds. Would she have got there without the funding? Again, it's kind of an argument you can't really make, but it happened. And I think a large part, large part of it happened because of the funding that came into the cyclocross program. Same with Maddie. If this, I don't like using ifs, but if this year wasn't this stupid COVID thing, I think the momentum we saw from good funding into the cyclocross program last year would have really shown a lot this year. For sure. 
you know, we'll see how that, how that picks back up. But, um, with, with the ODA, it's like, yeah, it's going to start wherever it starts. It's, it's a tough year to start a program like this. For sure. We'll see what happens, but we're going to have athletes in the ODA. We're going to run it. It's going to be awesome. And everyone who's in there is going to have an amazing experience. And that's awesome. And, and I think, and, 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 you know, I was having a conversation with this in the bike shop this morning, um, cause you know, a video came out pretty much against it. And, uh, it was, you know, I went to that bike shop and we had a chat and, uh, you know, at the end of it, it was just like, Hey, we're not even really upset about the ODA. We're just thinking about the other things USA cycling could be doing. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that I'm not, I don't agree with the USA cycling. And I don't know if that's going to me putting my foot in my mouth. Like yeah. there's some things that like, you know, but I did whatever it took. I did, I did whatever it took to get to the top level. And like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like if the ODA was around when I was around as much as I hate it and I see the sticker shock and I would get scared, I'd find every way mm-hmm. to get a scholarship grant, whatever yeah. sponsor work yeah. for someone. I don't know. Like, I, I would just want to figure it out. And I think, I think you're going to find onesies and twosies of those kids and those are going to be your next world champions. Yeah. And, 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 and no, I mean, yeah. And, and so look, I'll talk about the cyclocross ODA. Like I'm going to coach that program. And so everyone in there is going to, I'm going to work with them. They're going to have my attention. They're going to be able to call me any day and ask me a, anything. And we're going to have, you know, a lot of educational stuff set up with nutrition, you know, nutrition, uh, sports psychology, strength training, regular training, you know, race program, you know, setting your race program and calendar, you know, like all that kind of stuff. It's just like, we are the, like it's run by the national team. So when these athletes are exposed to that kind of support for an extended period of time, like it's going to make a difference. Yeah. They're going to get a lot of value. Everybody's going to learn something. Now, if an athlete improves, that's up to it, up to him or her, but they're going to, they're going to have the tools too, and they're going to have the resources and, and they're going to have the, you know, education there is all going to be in place. No. Yeah. Like I said, I'm optimistic, man. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for the best. I mean, I spent a lot of money to move out here. I sacrificed yeah. a lot. I got married and then, then, two days later I was driving out here to train for Pan Ams. Like there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into the sport. And I think it's, it's, it's like finding value in certain things. And, you know, I find value in the fact that maybe one day I can say that I'm an Olympian. And then I also find value in the fact that I can now say I tried, I did everything it took. Um, I gave it what I got and I don't blame anybody else. Like it's nobody else's fault, but my own. And, 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 and I really, I really truly believe that. And I think, yeah. I think the ODA almost kind of sets that up. Um, and yeah. I'm going to get so much backlash from that one comment who's like, Oh, some kid going to pay 10 grand. It's like, man, if you could see my debt to income ratio right now, like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that like, it, it's nuts, man. And yeah. So, I mean, look, some, there's going to be kids that aren't in it that we want in it or that, you know, they want to be in it. Like it's still only going to capture a limited number of athletes. Yeah. Uh, We're going to do the best we can with them. We're going to provide everyone who can be a part of it with the best learning experience possible. And if we prove that, you know, who knows what's possible in the future. The the cool thing about this program, and we talked about this before is how it is expandable uh, Mm -hmm. because it, you know, the athletes are paying for it primarily 
um, you know, it's expandable. If that money's coming in, we can support the equal number of athletes to, to that funding we have. And again, if we have, if we get sponsors for it, if more donors step up, uh, if anyone wants to donate to the ODA, they can, they can directly offset the cost for a specific athlete or a number of athletes. Just call me or, or go to our website and donate to the foundation. But there that's totally yeah. a possibility. And, and that's that's another thing that I found out about that like you can actually – and correct me if I'm wrong. But you can actually donate to USA Cycling and earmark it. Mm-hmm. So you can say what you want that to go to. So totally. even if, if they wrote a check and they were like, hey, I want this to be the Madison guy's salary, like – essentially hopefully the madison guys will get a phone call so there's there's there is literally olympic level athletes on the long list right now that aren't getting paid and it's, look it, yeah if i could do something about the cost of the oda i would uh if someone is out there and, and can and wants to they can do that they can yeah. go to our foundation website there's a link to donate to the oda scholarship fund they can fund the whole program right now yeah and and and, and that would be amazing if, the, if this podcast did that i'd be freaking stoked because i didn't know that many people listened to it to where i had that that kind of <laughs> listener um but uh but anyways and that kind of goes back to you know clara like could she have gotten forth if you know if she never got went to europe off the mud fund and that, i think it's also the question of like could the cycle cross program be in the same spot if you weren't a part of it like this year right or if could you work for free you know what I mean? And it's like, you could work for free, but the stress and everything that's coming in around you, I think would affect your outcome of work or your well, buying. I don't have work, the means right? to work for free. I know, but you know what I mean though? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's the same, I think with Clara, like if it, or I would, I would think at least it is for me. It's like, I know the amount of stress that I had when I had to fund my ways to nationals and I didn't have a team or I didn't have support. Um, it's, it's little things that could be big things, but they're little minutia things that do affect your race, do affect right. your outcome. And so I do think that I, I don't like ifs either, but I think if you guys weren't there to support, we might be looking at a different result sheet personally. And that's just yeah. my opinion. Um, but anyways, enough about that. Um, we're coming up on, on some closing time. I got one question for you, which I don't, I don't know if you've, you've heard my question. I don't know if I even told you about it, but we do, we ask this question to everybody that comes on the podcast. If you could have a cup of coffee with one person dead or alive, who would that person be? And how would you take your coffee? Oh, I know it's a heavy one, man. It's a, it's a heavy one. Yeah. I I'd have to sit down with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How would I, I take my coffee black, of course. Why, why Jesus? Who else? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I was like, cause we were actually having this conversation the other night, um, me and Adrian Hedgeberry. And we were talking about all the comments that we get like, and he's like, man, how has nobody said anything like, like, like Gandhi or mm. I guess in your sense, you know, Jesus, like, yeah. somebody to sit down with, it's like made like an impactful yeah. You know, well, how about this? You, you become like the people around you and okay. I would like become like Jesus. Wow. Right on. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So how would you, how would you take your coffee? Would you drink coffee? Uh, oh man. <laughs> so I love coffee. I've been a coffee self-declared coffee snob for a long time. Um, this naturopathic doctor I went to recently told me to stop drinking coffee. Dude, I'm supposed to send you a bag. I literally have a bag for you here. <laughs> 
Can you don't, drink it? Don't send no, it. No, don't send it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I was definitely gonna send you one. Like I was gonna get you on. I was gonna try to get you on before the podcast because I felt so bad about Monday. No, I appreciate but. that. Um, don't send it. But I do love coffee, so yeah. I have a little espresso machine. Uh, I like to make little, you know, cappuccinos or. So now it's just gonna collect like dust. I'll, I'll invite friends over to have coffee when that's fashionable again. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, that's cool, dude. Like I said, I, you know, I looked up to you guys, you know, watching you guys race when I was a little cat four, um, nice. way back in the day, like six, seven years ago. And, uh, to have you on the podcast chat with you now, it's super cool. Um, well, thanks, man. you're doing, you're doing great things. And, uh, uh, yeah, I only, only see it growing, going up from here. So, Keep it up. Um, other than that, guys, if you guys want to check out the Mud Fund or check out USA Cycling ODA, you want to donate to any of those things, I'm going to put the link in the description below. Put uh, Jesse Anthony's social media down below as well if you want to go check that out. Shoot him any questions, any messages. Uh, yes. Um, why, so what so coffee... here's the thing. If you, have, if you have a complaint or something, send me an email or contact me on social media. I would love to talk to you about it. Well, there you go. So they, yeah. So he, he, you can send him complaints. Um, try not to be too mean. Um, well, yeah, don't be mean. Just let's, yeah. let's talk. Like, well, when, like John, when you messaged me first, uh, I really appreciated that. You were like, I just want to have, a, let's have a conversation about this. And I actually laughed because you're like, at the time I hadn't, I didn't know that so many people had a problem with the ODA yeah. and I had been in deep working on it for months, like planning how it's going to be awesome and help all these athletes achieve what they're trying to achieve. And then you were like, Oh, we need to have people discuss this. And I was like, there's someone that doesn't believe in rider development. Like what yeah, yeah. is going on? I mean, it, it, it got nuts. Like, yeah. and that was the thing that I got scared of when I put that, that thing out there it was, I, I was worried that essentially I was just going to get a bunch of people that were bashing it. And like, look, I will say it again. I did not like it. I did not like it. I read the article. I thought it was stupid. I came close to texting. I'm not going to waste Jim Miller's time, but I came close to texting Jim Miller. And I was like, so if I give you 10 grand, can I actually go to a race now? Like <laughs> literally, and it was out of anger and it was stupid. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really look, I didn't even, I'll be honest too. I didn't even go to the actual site. Mm. I just read the article. I didn't even look at the program. So what the program said, I didn't read any of it. I just, I heard $10,500. I didn't know what semester meant. I didn't know what any of it meant. Yeah. And, I, and I'll be even be honest to you now. Like I haven't even really gone to the ODA webpage now. Um, <laughs> so the fact you, is, and I wonder how many people are bashing that program and have done the same thing I haven't done. Yeah. Well, that's cool. You can admit it. I appreciate that. And that's, it's, it's sad that Fred let so many people down. Cause you seem like a cool guy and a rational guy. I don't think you would have thought that if, if Fred's article wasn't so poorly communicated about what the ODA is. Um, and that's partly on us. You know, we well, need to communicate more about this. It's media too, man. It's clickbait. I mean, you know, like it's, no, uh, I'm not a fan, <laughs> Yeah, but that's what it is. I mean that unfortunately that's, yeah. that's the internet now. Right. So it's yeah. like, uh, what's the kid UAE kid or the kid that went to UAE from like Sunweb where it was oh. just like big transfer, you know, and they, they, they try to suck you in and that's, yeah. all, that's all it is. It's clicks, clicks, clicks. But seriously, I do love talking to people. Every time I talk to a parent, an athlete, a coach about this program, it's really fun. And, and I know so much about it that I don't know how to talk about it 
like, I don't know how to say everything at once, but when people start asking questions, I can usually answer them. And that's really fun because that's all that matters. It makes us think through it. And then it helps them understand, like everyone's going to have different questions about it. Someone might actually ask about the cost. Someone might actually ask about their, the race program. I spoke with a, a young rider today who was thinking about uh, applying for the, uh, the mountain bike and the cyclocross program. And he was asking about the educational parts, like, well, strength and conditioning. I've been reading about that. What are we going to do for that kind of stuff? And there's Is just there so, any age cap on it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's UCI ages 17 to 22 for most okay. of the programs for track. It, it's down to 15 years because, or sorry for, uh, BMX it's 15 years and older okay. or up to 22. So. Well, cool. But yeah, guys, like I said, you know, Bug Jesse, he's a super cool guy. He responded really quick to me. So um, I'm here for the people. Yeah, he's here for the people. <laughs> That's his job. That's his job. He's here for the people. So yeah. uh, go bug him, go talk to him. And even if you just want to say hey and tell him how good your coffee tastes that he can't drink, um, <laughs> let him know. Um, 